Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. And we'll ask you to share your breadwinning story. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. All right. So uh, as we record this, the pandemic is upon us. Mm. We are... I'm literally in a closet right now, but I'm not <laughs> hiding. I'm just because I think I have better sound in here. But um, yeah. it's good to know I can sit in this closet if I have to hide from the pandemic somewhere. So yeah. No, there you go. Yeah, I there like you go. So our friend Manoush Zamarodi, who I think now hosts the TED Talk Radio Hour, she I feel like she talked about being in a closet a lot while she was recording. Yeah, there's a favorite uh, podcast of ours in our family. Um, you must remember this, and she always says she's recording in her uh, Katrina Longworth records in her closet. So this is my nod to Katrina Longworth and her excellent podcast that I I took her up on that suggestion. Nice because. I have a family of four and two cats who are all home and the podcast studio, which is usually my daughter's bedroom, is being used by now to do physics homework, which has come upon her in a big wave because Mm -hmm. uh, the New York City school system is uh, pivoting. I mean, you know, we talk about pivot to video in my world and publishing, and this is the biggest pivot I've ever seen. They're pivoting. Uh, more than a million kids into online learning. And that's just one school district. The whole country is doing that now. Right. And I think uh, it's, so that gets us to the topic today, which is for breadwinners is breadwinning in a pandemic and breadwinning, which always comes with the added roles of caregiving, food preparation, house cleaning, like all of these things are now very consolidated and very much in our face. So yeah, that's, uh, we were thinking about talking about this today. And then um, I saw this article by Helen Lewis in the Atlantic um, talking about the impact that this, this new way we're all living right now will have on women and specifically women as breadwinners. And right. uh, it, it has a very sexy, scary title uh, headline to it. The coronavirus is a disaster for feminism. Um, let's, uh, so I thought we'd start by looking at what, you know, her kind of her thesis is that she says the coronavirus smashes up the bargain that so many dual earner families have made in the developed world. We can both work because someone else is looking after our children. Instead, couples will have to decide which one of them takes the hit. Look around and you can see couples already making tough decisions on how to divide up this extra unpaid labor. So she says it's it's really here come the women again, that this right. is all going to land on our shoulders again. Right. So I've shocked you with this story today and I just dumped this on you. you but what do you, you have? I do want to say, you know, Helen's, Helen's book, Difficult Women, A History of Feminism and 11 Fights. She's coming at this. She's coming at this from this perspective that it is a crisis and a, a disaster. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I think it is certainly turning everything on its head. Um, you know, when we were thinking about this episode, 
I think I said, like, I, I don't, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I think all the history we know, all of the, you know, we've talked about this on this podcast and you and I know very well that, you know, women, the emotional labor that we take on the, you know, in addition to breadwinning, the, just the work of being a parent and earning money, like women, women are taking the brunt of that. We have plenty of stats. Um, but is that going to play out exactly this way? You know, that it's just kind of like, it's absolutely going to be on women more than men during this crisis. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't want to say yes. Cause I think it's depressing. <laughs> it's yeah, well, it's depressing. And I just, you know, I, I am l- watching people online. I mean, I think everybody's panicking, but I am watching people online. Um, you know, try to try to be a little bit more egalitarian like, in there. Right. Approach. Buck up and okay, this is the way life is. How can we do it? What can we do? Yep. You know, I you know, my hope is and 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 totally I think that this article is really important. And I think there are so many articles right now, you know, how to live in the pandemic, you know, how to stay entertained, how to deal with your anxiety, because it it is an anxious time, both just how scary it is out there and also just being home by yourself. It's that's anxiety. Um, I we've already my family already has someone who's lost their job like immediately because of, you know, if no one's buying, then no one's selling. Right. Um, So this is an anxious time. And those articles are very important in some ways Um, or very ways. I also find them kind of I get anxious seeing how many there are of them. But amen. Everyone's trying to help. But uh, I thought this one was important for us because she's also looking at the the history of, well, what happened when Ebola rolled through um, other communities? You know, those pandemics that were in other countries and we can see and they were a couple years ago. And she's saying in those, you know, who did the caregiving for the elderly who got sick and who right. dealt with the, and it and it rolled on and that families had to make decisions based on, you know, the economics, like who has the flexible work job, who's working part-time, which is still very much a woman's world, are part-time gigs. So then whose job can we more easily lose? Right. It's yours, right. lady. Right, right. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping her article and this way of thinking has us think, ooh, this is actually an opportunity to make sure that doesn't happen here, you know, that, you know, just in the small ways, like in our house, uh, when it's, you know, we have to feed everybody at lunchtime, you know, okay, why don't you take the kids? I'll deal with us, you know, like, oh, right. And that just, we split it, you know, and yeah. we're lucky to have two adults at home. I am also thinking that going into next week, we're going to have a discussion about where dirty plates go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because- that's a- yeah, it they is. They can go in the dishwasher. <laughs> right. I mean, this is absolutely an opportunity. Um, you know, a couple of things are occurring to me as we're talking about this. One, I think it's an opportunity for um, for kids who in some households, and I, you know, I raised my hand for, for my household, haven't been really trained to take on as much as they could be taking right? on. Right? Right? Like, exactly. so my kids... So my mom taught my daughter how to, um, how to make mac and cheese. Um, 
And now she's had mac and cheese three days in a row. She's very, very, my daughter's very, very proud of it. Um, my daughter's doing the same. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, you know, and, and some of the things we're trying to reinforce, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about how, you know, in this phase of parenting, the kind of choices we make might not be, you know, to give our kids all of the housework that, that we want right. them to have. I mean, again, people can dispute me on this and please do. And please tell me like, I've got my kids up and going, you know, yeah, making me breakfast. And please, please do it at my house. I need that super nanny. Please. Exactly. Just tell me about that. But, you know, I think, I think that it is an opportunity to shift that dynamic in the household where kids are right. really starting to, to take more responsibility. So, you know, I'm wondering, you know, how, how, the one thing I think about this article, Helen, is that I, uh, to Helen, is I just, it's assuming that the variables are the same. You know what I mean? It's assuming that the, the system, you know, the family system, um, the work systems don't adapt to this new reality, right? So if, so if everything was the way it was, but we just need more childcare and elder care, it's gonna, it's going to fall on the women. And I'm not saying that it, I'm not disagreeing necessarily, but I just wonder, you know, how, how that might shift given that everybody is facing this new, very abnormal, normal, right? Yeah. Like, that so, it's wholesale. Yeah. You know, I, I really, um, you know, I know, uh, how many times have I referred to my brother and sister a lot? But my <laughs> brother um, is an investment banker and things have just gone dark, right? Like, and he's right. there, they have their daughter and they're, you know, they're both kind of on. Um, and we don't know how long things are going to stay, you know, dark for. We're really in the early stages of this. So so what I'm wondering, I'm just putting that question out there of yeah. like, could we be looking at a very, we've, we're assuming a new normal in so many different ways. And is that going to show up uh, in our home life as much as it will in kind of the rest of society? And, and does that maybe have different implications for women um, and caretaking? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I think I just want to ask the question because we've just never been in a situation where we've had to, where we've had an opportunity to say, like, not that, <laughs> that I see this as an opportunity, but we're never, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're in a position that we've never, ever been before. And I think as we've talked about work life, um, in the past and policies and practices that are put into place, you know, we would talk about, I think, for example, um, how important it is to have, um, gender equality in policies, right? If you're giving yeah. just women right. paid leave, it, that's not... It It doesn't help. It, it doesn't change it, right? No. So, so, but that's, we're not, you know, that was, we're not talking about that kind of policy development process. We're, not, we're talking about a completely new reality. So I am curious to see how we will measure and what, what it will look like um, in yeah. a few weeks, in a month, you know, in terms of the gender divide around this. Because um, she's saying that, um, she says, researchers, including those I spoke with, are frustrated that findings like this have not made it through to policymakers. And she's talking about, 
you know, what happened after Ebola, what happened after SARS, mm-hmm. um, so that they still are adopting gender neutral approach to pandemics. So they'll come through and like with the relief package that they've put through, it's just paid sick leave, you know, for all, which amen to that, yeah. you know, and, and it's, we can get to that one in a second, but she's saying that in some cases we should be thinking about the greater weight that this is, is going to fall on women as primary caregivers and breadwinners. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's so it's like, my brain has a problem like taking that in because it's always the, you know, our conversation is always about these things have to include the men too, or, um, or it's not going to change society. You know, when it comes to caregiving and the like. And so she's kind of ob- saying in this moment, it's actually the opposite. And we should be acknowledging the differences. Right. So. Right. Which is a little shocking in my world. Yeah, I would say. I would say. I mean, I think there was an article I was trying to, I was trying to find, or was just trying to like remember where I saw it. I think it was in Slate, but it was looking at like how much this points out that the American policies, the policies we've taken for granted for so long, including paid leave, um, aren't working in the first place. Like, it's just, they're not, they're, they're just, why, why should we have to remedy these things? Why are they, you know, why are the policies in the the first place? Yeah. So um, I, I'll find that and we can post it in the notes, but it was really good. For sure. I mean, it's obviously, Come on. You know, it obviously shows right away the need for paid sick leave. I know we talked about, you know, more about paid sick leave and the like, but um, it is it is good to see, though, that, uh, you know, we have bipartisan efforts to put together, like, you know, start to plug these holes in policy. Right. I know that they're temporary to the point. Let's, you know, I hope people see the value of them, you know, the voting populace and says, oh, yes, you know, like not only sees it, but I took advantage of it because I needed it. Do not take this away. Like that, right. that's my hope that, you know, I mean, I, I try to be an optimist in most things and I, yes, you as do. awful as this is, I hope that the challenge is an opportunity for change. Yeah, you know? I do too. I do too. Um, you know, one interesting side note that, you know, we were talking about these articles, um, that have come out and yes, like some of them are really talking about the systemic change and some of them are kind of giving like advice, um, on Mm -hmm. these articles. So we know two people, we know Stu Friedman and Alyssa Westring have an article, um, in Harvard Business Review, how working parents can prepare for coronavirus closures. And they've got a number of different things like get on the same page as your parenting partner, whoever that is, leverage technology, um, wisely mobilize your village. But one of the things that's kind of been sticking with me, it's the next point. It's remember the bigger picture. And as working parents, we lead our children through this potentially scary time. We can use it as an opportunity to to talk about what matters most and how we work together as a team, this crisis highlights the interconnectedness of our world and our responsibilities to others. So that's their, that's, that's a quote from, from their article. But, you know, this morning um, we were doing, you know, take a little bit out of the data for a second. We were doing, um, we decided to do a walk around the block after we'd kind of gone over the schedule for the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my son, was really into the idea of a schedule. He's always been like, give me like 
always loves a good schedule, always yep. loves structure, like can do it. My daughter, not, not loving that so much. And, you know, yesterday there was some um, novelty to it uh, because of how we had structured it. Yesterday was sort of, it was sort of the diving into the process. And then today, I think the reality sunk in, like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) So so we went for a walk and she said, you know, mom, I'm really stressed out. Like, I'm really, I'm really, this is really freaking me out. And I said, you know what? Like, yeah, it's really scary. Like, she's like, I don't like change. Um, I'd rather just go back to school. Like, I don't want to deal with this homeschooling. Me too. And, And I was like... And I had also simultaneously over the past few days read um, Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed, which, you know, some people have different different feelings about Glennon Doyle, but um, as do I, but I, I like the book. And one of the things that she was saying was, you know, how, how I've always talked about how we need to model certain things for our kids, like how we need to model the career choices we make. We, like, you know, we, we need to kind of show them that work doesn't have to be completely draining that we can find excitement and energy out of it. But I think what she's talking about is like when there's hard times, like how do you model how you're going to get through that? And I think what's interesting is, you know, you and I will listeners, Jennifer is one of the most positive, optimistic people (laughs) I've I've ever met, like quite honestly. And I, I think, um, you know, but as all these things happen around us, people lose their jobs, you know, there's kind of just this, uncertainty, you know, I think there's a piece of how are we taking care, you know, what does the caretaking look like, but how are we modeling how we want to move through this? Like it, it's, I think that even becomes a more, a more challenging question because I don't think we've, you know, this isn't an election we weren't happy about. It's not a war. It's this like new reality that nobody you know, has any idea, like it's, it's scary for all and of it's us. Unending. So, it's unending. Yeah. You know, that it's like the election, you know, if you're, if you're saying, oh, I didn't like the way, you know, it was something turned out. Yeah. Well, it happened and you're reacting to it and you define how long you're going to react to it and how right. you're going to do it. This is, is never ending. And yes, it's like, I mean, part of that for modeling in our house is, that we do, we, you know, since I, I have a 16 year old and a 13 year old, we are going to gather every morning and I try to yep. keep us, we were doing it at nine, but I did my, uh, um, if, if people know I'm addicted to my Pilates and it's oh, yeah. uh, now my local studio is, has pivoted to doing online classes. And so there were 30 of us following the owner of the studio this morning and just to see her face and they, you know, she did it from inside her studio to see the studio, like all of that. And um, in fact, so when we meet in the morning, so we did it an hour later, but we're still going to do it. You know, I told everybody, you know, when we're doing it and then we try to stick to it, which by the way is exhausting because, you know, you're the band leader, the cruise director, all these people at the same time, plus I have my own stuff to do, but um, part of the discussion we have every morning is what sort of exercise is everyone going to get? You know, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, for my son, he's taking a walk outside, 
Gwen, Gwen did uh, Pilates with me on Monday and is still feeling the pain and may never do Pilates with me again. <laughs> right, right. But amen that she tried. That was, it was wonderful to have her on the first day with me. So nice. Um, yeah, it's that kind of scheduling and, and saying, okay, well, you know, they threw this curveball at us. Well, we're still going to, you know, do some exercise. We're still going to eat right. Yeah. It'd be really easy just to eat hot Cheetos every day and, <laughs> you yes. know, and, and the like, but not also cut ourselves some slack, you yep. know, and, and do that. So, yeah. And it's different for everyone. I try when we gather in the mornings is to, um, have them say what needs to be done because like with Gwen, it all just changed today. All of a sudden it went from us saying, okay, well you need to do a little of this or you need to do a little of that to saying the school just dumped, you know, all of remote learning on me at the same time. I'm getting 8 million calls or like they all get these um, notifications from her school to go into Google classroom and do all this stuff. And it's like, okay, so now, now we have to pivot again for you, which is, you know, how are you doing it? How can we help mm-hmm. you? And and then Owen's still on his same, like, we started a coding, online coding class for him, you know, right. which he perked up at. And, um, you know, and though this morning he was, I said, so what's your plan today? And he says, the same. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sweetheart. Oh, uh, I know. I was 13 too once. Sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, we're going to yeah. make it. We're just one day at a time yet. Yeah. And we have to have constant conversations in our house because like Brett just was telling me that he has an online uh, all day meeting, like back to back, like they've pivoted some sort of big gathering that they were having. And so it's like, okay, well, what will that look like? And you need to make sure we have the equipment you need. And mm-hmm. so that means you'll need to take over, you know, I call it our co-working space. It's our dining room table. So um, right. For us, right. this is what breadwinning looks like in our house. And I, yeah. and I'm out there hustling because I'm working with clients. And so, right. right, you know, and their money is drying up. And so what does that look like for us? And right. And all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I was talking to one of my clients, um, you know, it's in my work, things are shifting. There was one, I was gonna, I was gonna do an, um, an engagement survey for a client. Um, and, uh, which means we're looking at like generally how how tuned in are people at work, how satisfied are they with you know with yeah. communication patterns, how you know they feel about the professional development opportunities they've been given, um, and that, that's pretty standard. Um, and you know, I talked to my colleague in HR, and that person said, you know. I mean, I said, I, I don't know what we're measuring now because any data right. that we take now, it's like, yeah, but we're in a complete different zone. And he's like, yeah. And like a lot of those programs might not exist pretty soon. Like, you know, and it, it was, yeah. it, it was like, right. Like, so right. I mean, I definitely am very grateful to have a lot to do in my job. I think we are, I think everyone in my organization is very much still figuring it out. Um, but you know, but we're looking at some of the stuff we planned, like, you know, may just, who knows how much reality is going to shift. I think, um, you know, maybe we need to, uh, um, do one of those online virtual cocktail parties to all, like, I like that idea. I like that idea. 
So maybe uh, you know, if uh, if our listeners are interested, let us know. We'll uh, yeah. we'll organize that. We'll We're all about the it, Zoom yeah. now. <laughs> all about the Zoom. As Jennifer said, it's the Kleenex of online. It's like the of online platforms. That's a whole. If we were doing a, a podcast on marketing strategy, like how did they ascend? Now there, that's the in a week's time they became the the you know the shorthand for video call is Zoom. So kudos to Zoom that you you have won the branding yes, game there. Very so. well done. Very well done. Well, I say we say thank you for joining us today on the Breadwinners. Whether you're a chance or a choice breadwinner, whether you're uh, getting any work at home or uh, struggling to be able to make those calls and comb your hair, as I do, uh, we hope you enjoyed the time you spent with us and that you'll share your own story at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. How are you making it work? Really, we'd like to know. Yes, and I, I would like to say... You know, the brushing the hair piece reminded me the Zoom. I'm just going to make a plea. If you want to create some kind of filter that puts my work clothes on and my makeup on, um, I'd really appreciate it. So thanks. So please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.